May God add his blessing to the reading of the scripture this morning. And may the words from my mouth be just what you want, the God wants us to hear today. There was a man traveling from Indianapolis to Chicago. He didn't realize that there was a time difference, Indianapolis being on Eastern time and Chicago being on Central. And so he asked that the Indianapolis airport about a plane to Chicago, and the ticket agent said, well, the next flight leaves at 1 p.m. and it arrives in Chicago at 1.01 p.m. And he said, would you repeat that, please? And he said, sure. Uh, the next flight leaves at 1 and it arrives in Chicago at 1.01. Do you want a ticket? He said, no, I don't think I want a ticket, but I do want to hang around and watch that thing take off. <laughs> Dr. Chris Thurman and his wife, Holly, took a trip to Jamaica before their third child was born. It was one of those, we better go now while the getting's good before we're not able to kind of vacations. And while they were there, they decided, uh, he decided, I should say, Mr. Thurman, decided to ride a jet ski, which was something that he'd not done before. And he, when he got there, he asked about it and uh, they said it would be $150 for a half hour riding time. And he thought, that sounded pretty expensive, but what the heck, it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and why not spend a little extra? It was vacation. So he paid it anyway. And with that time limitation of 30 minutes kind of hanging over his head, he tried to get as much enjoyment and have as much fun as he could with that jet ski. He rode at all different speeds. He turned the sharpest corners he could turn. He tried to cross as much of that bay as he possibly could to get all of his money's worth and his time worth out of it. And all during the ride, he would occasionally look at his watch, knowing that his time would be up soon. He knew that the rental guys would be waving him in when it was time for him to be finished with his rental. And this motivated him to try to squeeze all the enjoyment that he possibly could from that ride. Now, he asks this question. He says, suppose that when I registered at the hotel that they had told me, hey, guess what? Included with your stay here at the hotel is unlimited use of a jet ski. You can use it as much as you want for as long as you're here. Do you think, he said, I would have found it as intense and as enjoyable and as challenging and as exciting to ride that jet ski under those circumstances, knowing that I could just hop on it anytime I wanted to? He said that he doesn't think so, hardly. There's a sense of urgency there. He only had 30 minutes. And there's that same sense of urgency that seems to fill the New Testament. In our lesson from Revelation, Jesus says to his people, Behold, I am coming soon. And again at the end, he says, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. 2,000 years later, we ask the question, What in the world was the big rush? 20 centuries have gone by, and nothing's happened yet. Why, why the big hurry? Well, may I suggest that the rush was 
a reminder of how precious time is. It doesn't matter to us, doesn't matter to me, if Jesus doesn't set up his kingdom for another 2,000 years. I don't have that long. None of us have that long. When we're young, we think we're going to live forever, don't we? We think we're immortal. We'll never die. And time seems to move so slowly. My son reminds us, our son reminds us almost daily that he can't wait till he's 13 so he can move out on his own. <laughs> and he thinks it's never going to get here. There was a little boy who was riding with his father from New Mexico to Colorado on a fishing trip. The trip was over 250 miles. It was a good five hours of driving with rest stops and all that. And after about 50 miles, the excited boy said, Dad, are we almost there? Like kids always do. His dad said, we have quite a ways to go. 50 miles later, are we almost there? No, not yet. I have an answer for that question with my kids. I always say 10 more minutes. They don't like that too much. But another 50 miles later, he said, we got to be getting close now, Daddy. Nope, not yet. We have about another 100 miles to go. Another 50. Daddy, am I still going to be four years old when we get there? <laughs> when we're kids, taking a short trip or waiting for Christmas or for a birthday or the end of the school year can seem like an eternity. But as we get older, our perspective changes a little bit, doesn't it? I see life kind of like a, not like a box of chocolates, like forest, but like a jar of peanut butter. I love peanut butter, and I love peanut butter sandwiches, and I have one almost every day for lunch. When I open a new jar of peanut butter, I just love the smell of it. I love that stuff. And the first sandwich I make out of that new jar of peanut butter, I slap it on there nice and thick. Generous portion, because I know that I've got a full jar, plenty of peanut butter, right? But then when I get halfway down the jar, I start to, I tend to start thinking a little more conservatively. And think, hmm, I'm getting a little low, better put it on a little bit thinner. And by the time I get to the bottom, I'm spreading it much thinner than I was when I made that first sandwich, reaching down into the corners of the jar, get every little bit of that delicious stuff. We tend to treat our time in that same way, don't we? When we're young, we're careless about how we spend our time. We have our entire lives in front of us. Time is of no importance to us. Somewhere in our mid-life years, we begin to realize that we're not going to be here forever. And we begin to, if we're smart, reevaluate our priorities. And by the time we reach our 60s and 70s, we just scratch our head and say, where in the world did all that time go? How can I be this age? I look in the mirror some mornings and I think, is that really me? 
Seems like yesterday when I was a young man with all my hair. Where did all the time go? If you're a parent, <laughs> Dave. Yeah, Dave asks himself that question a lot, don't you, Dave? If you're a parent, you have a constant reminder right in front of your eyes of how fast time passes. Children grow up so, so fast. At the park one day, there was a woman who sat down next to a gentleman on a bench near a playground. And she said, that's my son over there, pointing to a little boy in a red sweater who was sliding down the slide. And the man said, he's a fine looking boy. That's my son right over there on the swing in the blue sweater. He looked at his watch and he said to his son, what do you say, it's about time to go, Todd. Todd said, just five more minutes, Dad. Please, just five more minutes. Dad nodded, okay. And Todd continued to swing to his little heart's content. Well, the five minutes passed and maybe a few more. And Dad stood up and he called again to his son. He said, time to go now, buddy. Again, he said, five more minutes, Dad, please. Just five more. Dad smiled and said, okay. He sat back down on the bench. And the woman remarked to him, you certainly are a patient father. And he smiled. And he said, well, my older son, Tommy, was killed last year while he was riding his bike just a few blocks from here. He said, I never spent much time with Tommy. I was always so busy with other things. And now I'd give anything for just five more minutes with him. I vowed not to ever make that mistake with Todd. He thinks that I gave him five more minutes to swing. But the truth is, I gave myself five more minutes to enjoy him and to watch him play. Our children are a constant reminder of how quickly time passes. I hope each of us who are parents and grandparents realize how precious that time is. The time that parents spend with their children is the most important time spent in this world except for the time spent with God. It's more important than the time we spend earning a living or exercising our bodies or helping out with charities or whatever else we might be doing. And don't get me wrong, because those things are all very important. But if we fail our kids, all the success in the world and all the other areas of our life would really be meaningless, won't they? This is true of all the important relationships in our lives. They require time, and time must be made for things that are important. In the book, Seize the Day, the author writes about a series of ads that Boeing Aircraft Corporation came out with years ago. The ads feature a picture of a beautiful blue sky, and the caption, Tomorrow you can be anywhere. And below the picture, the words, all of us have dreams of going off someday to a special place, to a lonely beach, to a historic city, 
back home. Another ad pictured a couple walking along a white sandy beach with the surf rolling in. And the words underneath it say, someday we'll take off, just the two of us. No kids, no pets, no worries. We'll lay on a lonely beach and plan another hundred years together. And then came the challenge. The words read like this. Remember the first time you mentioned going away? How many some days ago was that? Is your warm and wonderful someday ever really going to happen? And then the final ad in the three-part series pictured Venice, Italy at sunset with beautiful gondolas gliding by. And the message read, someday we're going to see the other side of the world as soon as the kids are grown or after retirement or maybe after that. And the some days do begin to accumulate in our lives, don't they? The most successful people that I know have a sense of urgency about their lives. They understand, and by successful, I'm not talking about money, but they understand how precious time is and how quickly it gets away from us. They understand the importance of seizing the moment, of not putting off till tomorrow the things that need to be done today. Maybe we should all be a little bit like a lady named Lorraine Schultz. An alarm clock rings in her bedroom. Then another alarm clock rings, and then another. And within 10 minutes, about 50 alarm clocks go off. She doesn't hate to get out of bed. She just collects clocks. At last count, she had 600 clocks. Clocks that ding, clocks that dong, beep, buzz, talk, clang, do all sorts of different things. One even reminds her to wind it up so it can wake her up in the morning. It takes her a half hour to wind up all her clocks. And twice a year, once in April and once in October, guess what she gets to do? Spend hours setting her clocks, changing them from standard to daylight, and then back again. Her hobby seems a little extreme to most of us, but I bet she never oversleeps for one thing. And she's aware of time. Are we aware of how quickly time is getting away from us? Are we aware of how important those days and weeks and months are to us? Of course, what's true in our relationships with people we love is also true in our relationship with God. Time is precious. It goes quickly. Today is the appointed hour. If we are going to say yes to God and do things to serve God and serve others, it needs to be now. We must seize the day. Eternity awaits. No time like the present. An unknown author helps us put it all into perspective. This is how she or he wrote it. To realize the value of one month, ask a mother who gave birth to a premature baby. To realize the value of one week, ask the editor of a weekly newspaper. To realize the value of one hour, ask the couple. 
who have not been together for a long time and are going to meet again in an hour. To realize the value of one minute, ask the person who missed the train. To realize the value of one second, ask the person who just missed being T-boned at that last intersection by a second. To realize the value of one millisecond, ask the person who won a silver medal in the Olympics. Let's treasure every moment that we have. Let's treasure it more because we shared it with someone special, special enough to spend our time with. Remember that time waits for none of us. They say yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. It's all we have, folks, for sure. God truly has given us a present. He's given us the present. When we woke up this morning and we looked out our back door and we saw the sun shining, and we heard the birds singing, we received a gift, a present, the present moment. I would challenge you, challenge myself, challenge us as a church, all of our friends who might be watching, to take that gift and use it wisely because time waits for no one. Amen.